Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm here with Jenny, the founder of Mother's Meeting. And Jenny is launching the first in the series of um, podcasts that's going to go out across the world. And um, Jenny, can you tell us a little bit about Mother's Meeting and why you started? So I started Mother's Meeting five years ago. And now we're a network of over 50,000 women subscribers. Uh, we're all about inspiring, motivating and supporting women through laughter, tears and generally being there to big each other up when we're having really awful days and motherhood isn't going the way we want it to or expect it to. Whoop, whoop. And also for the days when it is going great to celebrate our achievements and to high five each other. Yeah, we're there to give each other little tasks, say, you know, you've got that idea. Come on, girl, you can make this happen. And you are amazing, even when you are feeling awful. And so, yeah, we're there to give each other a massive high five and a massive hug when we need it most. Today is our very, very first podcast because, you know, we're in London and... We want to be able to reach out to all you mums around the UK, around the world, and share all our knowledge and, mm, not quite sure you'd call it knowledge, <laughs> but all our mothering insights that no. go on in no. mothers' meetings. <laughs> and I'm Jenny, founder of Mothers' Meeting, and today we are here with two beautiful actresses who've got perfect faces for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Coralie Rose and Michelle Doherty. Doherty, you can say Doherty, yeah. That's the okay. English way of saying it. Okay, Doherty, Doherty. Yeah. Doherty, yeah. Doherty. Right. yeah. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the one big taboo that all us mums seem to be extremely interested in mm-hmm. is, and I even hate saying the word depression, Yeah. because... It sounds like such a bad thing. It sounds like a bit of a disability, doesn't Mm. it? It's it's got real stigma attached Uh, to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and so I've got two children, one that's five and one that's going to be one next week. And I had, well, I'm not even sure. I don't even still like to call what I had depression. But when I had my son five years ago, I... um, used to wake up every morning and feel so so sad Mm. and I used to cry and people used to go through the whole tick list oh you've got a nice ass you've got a nice boyfriend you've got a car no I couldn't drive then actually so I didn't have a car um but you've got all these amazing things and I'd say yeah I know but I still feel really sad what's wrong with me it's not normal to wake up and want to cry constantly and so one day I was in the car and I just thought to myself do you know what I'm just not happy I'm just not happy and you know what as soon as I realized that I wasn't happy I knew that I had something that was broken that needed fixing Mm. and so I was like right I need to get this fixed you know I can't be sad every day I can't do that because I'm a mum now and I need to be strong for my baby and so it was in October and it was really cold and 
I went to the doctors and I thought I felt so humiliated and such a failure for admitting that I was gonna say I felt depressed. Mm. So I thought, right, I'm gonna keep my head up. I wore a fur coat because it was really cold. I'd been crying that morning, so I put loads of red lipstick on. But rather than looking, you know, glamorous yeah. as I intended, I literally looked like I'd been sleeping in a doorway for about a month. <laughs> and so I went to the doctors and I thought, I'm going to hold it together. Sat there and I just burst into tears and was like, I think I'm depressed. And the doctor just didn't even look at me. She looked at her computer and started typing and was like carry on tell me how you're feeling how long have you felt like this for would you like medication I was like yes please would you like counselling yes please mm. I was up for anything I had no qualms of taking medication I just knew that I wanted to make myself feel better as soon as possible so anyway I started to take the tablets and literally I didn't realise at the time but I did have anxiety because I didn't even know what anxiety oh, was gosh. and the best way to describe it was like turning a cutlery drawer upside down and there were so many knives and forks and spoons that somebody would say to me can you get a spoon and I wouldn't even be able to pick one up because it felt like such a massive task mm. and I felt so overwhelmed with like the smallest things yeah. and so anyway I started taking the tablets and it made me feel so much better like a hundred times hundred percent better and Obviously, there's a lot of things in the media about taking antidepressants and, um, you know, we're not going to go into that side of things because obviously that's a massive debate and we're here to talk about our personal stories. And that's kind of my personal story mm. of how I started and when I admitted that I was depressed. And then that brings me on to meeting the fabulous Coralie. And me and Coralie met about four or five years ago at one of the first mother's meetings. Coralie's got a son same age as my little boy Sunny mm. and I remember Coralie telling me for the first time that she was taking antidepressants and I was like this was before I started taking them and I was like wow oh my god like I've never heard anyone be so open about it and it was Coralie that gave me the confidence I guess to go to the doctors mm. and so anyway I'll let Coralie tell you guys her story Gosh, I don't know what to say, really. Firstly, I... let's l l tell everyone a bit about yourself because you, you're not just, you know, any old Coralie Rose. You're a casting director. You're a mama of a five-year-old and you've just had a premiere. <gasps> yeah, I, um, I used to be an actress and I'm a casting director now, but I am a, a mother first and foremost. I'm a single mother, um, which has brought up a whole heap of its own challenges. Um, and I know I was very open with you, Jenny, like when I first met you, because you made me feel very safe um, and empowered. And I really needed a community at the time and a, a group of mates. And you really offered that. And still, still now you do. And that's incredibly valuable. And that's one of the things that I'd say to anybody who's feeling isolated or, or depressed or anxious, you know, is that try and find some real friends, some real people out there. And I think, I think that in its own is really hard, especially when you become a mother or when you live in a big city or when you do a job like ours where we're freelancing and not really part of a big office or something like that. It is Christmas it, parties. Yeah, and it is hard to find <clears throat> other women or just other people that you can be really honest with mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily judging you. And I feel that in this kind of age where everybody being busy, busy, busy and trying to compete with, oh, no, I'm busier than you. and Their I'm, lives looking awesome and I'm Instagram. more stressed than you and everybody misusing and overusing the word depressed you know and I'm like you're not bloody depressed you're having a bad day you're stressed you're in a bad mm. mood 
that's not depression. It's it's a very different thing. Um, but we all overuse the term, and in fact, there's a massive stigma attached to mental health. You know, and maybe we can say depression now, but to admit that you have a mental illness or some kind of mental condition is, I think, still incredibly frightening and can be held against you. At, loads of opportunities you know work related and your friends sometimes even do hold it mm. against you that think that you're not stable or you can't handle it or you can't cope and, and I think people think that when you take antidepressants you are on Prozac and you're completely off your head yeah. and I remember when you first told me that you was taking antidepressants and I was kind of like so which one is Coralie yeah. is, she, is this Coralie or is she the one <laughs> when she's not on the tablets and I think people are so misinformed. Yeah. Mm. I was, um, when I, I didn't know that I was pregnant. Um, and so for the first couple of weeks, I thought I was going mad. I really did. And I'd suffered from depression in my 20s. So, and I thought, oh God, this this feels strange. This feels strange. What's happening? And, you know, is, is my depression coming back? And I went to the doctors and they, you know, and I said, oh, I'm feeling a bit this and that. And I kind of described how I was feeling. Completely hormonal and all over the place. But... Yeah. I left there with a bag, you know, of antidepressants and diazepam, which I took for two weeks. And then I thought, well, my period's a bit late. And I said to my boyfriend, you know, I think I'm ill. And we'd been in Kenya. I think maybe I've got malaria, you know. And he's like, oh, you're probably pregnant. Stop being stupid. And I said, you don't understand. You know, men are such dicks. Like, it's not fair. And and then a couple of days later, I thought, oh, God, he, he could be right. And I did a pregnancy test. And, of course, I was pregnant. Oh. And so then after taking these antidepressants and, and diazepam for two weeks, I had to completely cut everything off in one day and and everything else that I'd been doing, you know, drinking and eating cheese and sushi and all sorts yeah. of things, you know. Um, and, I, you know, and it's just such a funny thing because it can be misdiagnosed. And, and, and I'm not saying that the pills are for everybody, you know. I... I, I I don't take antidepressants anymore and I really feel that with a combination of good diet and good friends and exercise and fresh air and more holistic care, that's what I need as maintenance. But it, I said to Jenny then, and I say it to a lot of people now, that it's it, it, it's a chemical imbalance. And yeah. if you were diabetic, I would tell you to go and take your insulin. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, if you, you know, if you were epileptic, I'd tell you to get on the pills, yeah. you know. Um, and I think that with depression, it's the same thing. And if that can help you for a little while, why would you not? Why suffer in silence? Why try and or sort it take, out? Or why like three years on yeah, sort or, of natural, med yeah, do meditation pregnancy, yeah. Yeah. to get better. Where I think when I started to take the tablets, it cleared my head so that I could go for a run. Absolutely. Whereas before taking the tablets, I could never have even... Got out of bed. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't choose what leggings to put on. Exactly. So... Taking the tablets cleared my head to do things unrelated to the medication, mm. which made me feel contributed to feeling better. So then I could gradually come off the tablets. Yeah, definitely. Um, Coralie, at what point after having laser, your son, did you think, right, this isn't right? I feel really awful. I need to sort my stuff out, my I, head out. Um, I was double-edged sword that when I was pregnant I was very open with my midwives and you know when you see people at hospital about the fact that I'd had depression I was worried about suffering from postnatal depression and in fact I think a little known fact is that prenatal depression is is just as common and I I suffered from that and I so I was caseloaded a midwife and I had the same midwife for most of my pregnancy and then on my due date she says to me oh and I'm going away for a week and I thought, I can't believe it. Like, mm. the one stable person that I've had 
apart from my partner, of course, you know, yeah. is everything off? And I, I couldn't believe it. I was so, and from that moment on, that's when I spiraled downwards because I then suddenly mm-hmm. felt very, very alone again. And I, I felt very let down by the system and I felt that you couldn't, you can't rely on anybody really. You know, it is, it is just you. Um, and I think that when I then had the baby and everybody said, oh, you get baby blues and this is normal and this is normal and I didn't want to admit really that maybe I was feeling a little bit more yeah um and i broke up with my partner um in the next couple of months after having my baby and i you know i do wonder is it was it the chicken or the egg was it the breakup that accelerated my depression or was it my depression that mm. caused the breakup, that caused the breakup yeah. you know yeah, and it's, it's really hard, hard to tell and it's it's maybe a little bit of both <clears throat> and and to be honest my son wasn't very well and you know spent a lot of time in that hospital when he was young so there, there were lots of external factors um but I I knew when you know through the breakup and and that that I needed some extra help and um, I was lucky enough to recognise that I needed help um, recognise that I wasn't strong enough to do it on my own and seek help and I found a fantastic psychotherapist I really recommend talking therapies mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really recommend counselling with or without drugs with or without medicine with or without other depression. things yeah with or without depression yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> you know? speak to you that isn't going to judge you i think it's really important you know we go to the gym for our bodies and we always want to look good on the outside whiten our teeth you know do all these things and we forget that we've got all these things inside and that actually our friends are they're great but they're busy yeah. and they've got their own shit and they're not trained <laughs> professionals and that that's my investment in myself you know mm-hmm. that i pay money to someone every week and i've got that relationship <laughs> <laughs> and we've just got Good little timing. little Maxie having a little poo. Your mum's like, and we have got babies we love about in the room. Thing. There's no one. Squeeze it out, Max. <laughs> okay. And That's so, good. I'll um, have my tea, Michelle. <laughs> yes. Over to you. So I was speaking to you uh, about two months ago. Yes. And you were nearly biting my arm off because yeah. you were saying that you'd gone completely cold turkey yeah. and started to stop taking the medication. Yes, I know, it was the worst thing I so could have possibly done. So how long ago mm-hmm. did you start taking the medication and why? Okay, well, first of all, my little man is 16 months old now. So um, I think for the first six months, um, a first-time mother, you're just, you don't know what's going on anyway. So you're sort of making excuses for why you're feeling blue and upset and like I actually cried as much as Max did when I had him first and I thought this can't be right especially when you've got so many people saying oh amazing you've got a baby and then you beat yourself up yeah I also had no support network over here so that was really tough on me I had no you know I had nobody to rely on just even take him for half an hour so I could get a shower on my Mm. own it was just me and him 24-7 I also had this amazing career beforehand and all of a sudden Mm. this is my priority obviously I wouldn't change it for the world but it's a huge adjustment Mm. so anyway I was just trying to get my head around all of that first and thinking that's all it is but when when it got to the point and I was also fighting a lot with my partner if he looked sideways at me he I would nearly have taken his head off which wasn't fair in him but you just couldn't help it and I was so uh, agitated and angry and upset so all of these things just came to a head then and I thought right I'm going to go and speak to I'm going to go and speak to the doctor about it and the, and the one thing I will say is don't suffer on your own and don't feel like there's anything wrong with you it's okay to to not be happy 100% after you have a baby I know that you feel that there's something wrong but it's okay to not so off I went to the doctor 
she gave me this form to fill out because I was I was really fighting the depression thing. I was like, it's not that. I can't be that. And yeah, it turned out it was depression. And she recommended antidepressants. But I had a very bad experience, like you were saying, Jenny. Or like when you think of depressants, you think of Prozac, like the really hardcore ones. Yeah. And I couldn't. I was like, I can't be on these things. Like I know somebody really close to me who was on them. And she was up and down, like really had these massive highs and these really bad lows. And I just couldn't cope with the thoughts of me being like that. So I went to get help with a counsellor first for 10 weeks. And 10 weeks later, I was still crying as much as I was. And she highly recommended that I try these antidepressants. So I also rang around then to loads of friends, you know, and it's not until you actually start speaking about it that people are honest with you and Mm. tell you because nobody tells you about it. Because of this, because there's a, such a massive stigma, a isn't it? Even now, and when I, you know, that's why I think it was such a massive relief when Coralie yeah. told me. I remember we was at the um, V&A museum, and Coralie said that she was on these antidepressants, and I was like gobsmacked because no yeah. one had ever no spoken so honestly opens, about opens up taking about yeah. medication or yeah. actually going. Do you know what? I'm depressed. Yeah. And so I took, I, I went on them and I suppose you don't really feel anything for about three weeks and then it just takes the edge off. And as, as my counsellor explained to me, she said, it's a chemical imbalance. Mm. Like childbirth can do that to you. And, it's, you know, as you said, if you've got something else wrong, you take the medication to help with that. It's okay, don't don't feel bad about it. But I think I had this fear of being addicted to them as well, that I would be on them for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I went on them and yes, I have to say it completely leveled me off. Like I was on the floor and it just brought me back up mm. to who I was. The only thing about them was I felt that it numbed me a lot that I nearly w- didn't feel anything anymore then. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't really feel like no, that. I didn't. So that I just sort of scared tired. me a little bit. Yeah, that it, like nothing bothered me anymore. <laughs> but that's quite <laughs> a nice feeling. No, it was a nice feeling, but it's a bit scary as well. You're like, oh, am I actually this easy going now? What's wrong? But um, unfortunately, I then um, came off them cold turkey. And because me and my partner were thinking about trying for another baby. Trying for another baby. So, um... And it probably was the worst thing I could have done. I'm supposed to, you're supposed to wean yourself off them, and and since obviously I had my daughter uh, 12 months ago, yeah. and I think I was really when I was pregnant, I was really nervous that the whole depression was going to kick in again. Yeah, and I had her, and obviously. I've written a book about motherhood. I was I, I was like I'm not getting depressed. I'm not even going to start feeling slightly blue, but I think. Once you have a baby, that whole confidence, isolation, mm. lack of confidence, yeah. by the way, oh, and the isolation, everything all comes flooding back. Yeah. And I could see the black hole and I was determined not to go down that path again. Mm. And literally, I think I felt sad. And I think the big difference between feeling sad and feeling depressed is sadness you can have a bit of control over yeah. and you can sort of fight your way through it a little bit, even mm. though it's really hard. But then when you've got depression, there is nothing that can cure like those tears. Yeah. And so when I had my daughter, I felt sad and I think I had the baby blues, but it is such a big difference yeah. to feeling depressed. Right. And I think once you wake up every morning and you just feel so sad and there's nothing you can do, even listening to Beyonce, mm-hmm. having a really strong coffee, if that doesn't fix it, yeah, then I, know. I would definitely suggest that going to the doctors. Yeah, when it's an everyday help. thing, exactly. It's it's not in your imagination then. There's You have to do something about it. But don't suffer on your own because unfortunately there's lots of mums who yeah. just suffer on their own and they think 
is it just me? What's wrong with me? Whereas I think the more people talk about it, the more people will be, they'll feel, oh, it's okay for me to talk about this. Because unfortunately, as you said, people still look at depression as, oh my God, let's not talk about that. You know, it's the unknown you know, you don't know how to deal with it. Whereas the more like people talk failure, about it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think that's why this is so important. I think one of the reasons that I was able to open up to you was that even the little I knew about you through your Instagram, you know, you were very candidly yeah. honest about yeah. things. You know, yeah, you put pseudo cream so. on your zits and you'd say, yeah. like, this is, this is how it is. Want. And I think th- that's the important bit is that you enabled me to be honest about mm. it and it, like I said it was a safe environment to be able to open up and I think more people are experiencing it than we than we know mm. and we have yeah. we feel that we have to put on a front yeah. and actually the important step is this conversation it is opening it up for all of us not that I want to sit here and wallow and no, 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 and no, say no. oh it, whoa me it's so shit the whole time yeah, that, yeah. that isn't the point you yeah. know the point is when you can genuinely reach out to someone and say this is going on for me like what did you do or what would you advise and 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 building on that is really helpful and that it's okay to not you be know, amazing and happy not be yeah. amazing because that's my my problem was anybody i knew that had children never spoke about any oh. of these things it was always oh i'm so lucky and i'm so yeah and then when this was happening to me i'm like i'm the worst person in the world like i was like I where's my receipt I'm, I'm taking yeah. this baby back where's the manual <laughs> but i wanted a baby for so long and then i felt like so ungrateful going you want everything about this you want it and not all you do is moan about it but it's not that it's just you cannot help when that 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 feeling happens and just go get help and go mm. you know get do something about it and it will be fine but trying to bottle it up and pretend it's not is the worst thing you can do because that's when you know like an unhappy mummy is an unhappy baby or Absolutely. whatever the saying goes you know so you have to look after yourself first to be able to to take care of your babies I think and I think uh, you made a very interesting point about um the when you if you decide to take antidepressants they do take a while to kick yeah. in and yeah. and in that interim it's it's quite difficult because you really want something to work you, yeah. you know by then you've decided that you want a solution or you want yeah. some help and you've got those three I mean you were lucky it was three for me I think it was six oh, or eight right, weeks okay. oh. but I remember my mother when I was a teenager in my early 20s who'd been on antidepressants and I kind of forgotten about it but then I remember her saying that she had taken antidepressants and that one day she was walking down the street and she felt that everybody was smiling at her and she realised it's because she was smiling at them. Oh, that is beautiful. You know, and the change is very subtle, but yeah, it does happen. It you know, does. you stop. You know, That's like you said, goosebumps. And you said about your your partner. You know, yeah. you feel that every look they give you, you're you're so paranoid and sensitive to it yes. you know, you're scowling at everybody you know I walked in today and I was like don't look at me don't yeah. talk to me I'm yeah. so full of self-loathing and, yeah. and you're just spitting arrows at everybody <laughs> and you, you know. feel better now for talking I feel better now yeah. I've had a I've had a cup of tea I've had a chat you know yeah. I've, I've woken up a bit and but that's part of it as well as recognizing your you know yourself and, and your own boundaries and yeah. what you're comfortable with you know but yeah. it, it does take a while and I think you don't realize you know the darkness that surrounds you I always felt like I was just so negative I was like well yeah. why would anybody love me I'm mm. so horrible yeah. I'm so bitter and it just seems to get worse then doesn't it yeah. absolutely yeah because yeah. I started reading a book as well because I haven't um, I haven't done CBT I'm trying to I think I think I really need to do CBT <laughs> to be honest with you. let us know how it goes but it's trying to find the right person is, is really important as well because you can go to someone 
that it's not even worth talking to. Mm. So I want to find the right one. But I'm I'm reading this book. Um, it's Louise Hay. It's sort of about positive thinking. And I think it's called How to Heal My Life or something like that. She's the and best. And it's brilliant. <laughs> like, it really does work. But unfortunately, I don't do it enough. So I kind of find myself relapsing then and being like, I'm so angry today. And then I have to talk myself down and go, calm down. I went to go and see, read your little book. Yeah, I went to see a counsellor. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't CBT and I wasn't sure what to expect yeah. and she literally would just ask me questions we'd be in really? the room like on the TV and she'd be like with a box of tissues a really sterile room yeah. it was on the NHS and she just yeah. used to ask me questions and I'd literally I'd go into that room and I'd feel so like you know try and be really strong and I'd go in there she'd ask me one question and I would just be bawling with yeah, tears I know me too and every time I went, I would come out. I'd have to put my sunglasses yes. on, and yeah. my, I'd just cry for about yeah, an hour too, just talking. I think we, sh- you know, we have to tell people it, it does get worse before it gets yeah, better. Definitely. Often the counselling is it's opening a Pandora's box. You know, you've put a lid on these things for such a long time, and then suddenly someone asks you how you feel, and you're like, oh, <laughs> and it's really hard to put that lid back on and put yeah. your sunglasses on and get into the street and, and then go home again. and cook dinner or change nappies or it's make exhausting. the bed. Yeah. You know, but but actually it, you have to go through it. It's a process and you have to trust that there is another side and that you're you're going in the right direction yeah I but think. don't give up as well because that can be the the easy way just to go this is not working for me so i'm just going to leave it but also um but you're right that not everybody's right that yeah, you know that they're the not matches right it, yeah. it might not it might not be that the right style of counseling it might not be yeah. the right style of therapy it might not even be the right person you, yeah. you might need a woman or, or a man you yeah. know someone older or younger and i think those matches can take time as well you know it's not just an immediate thing and I don't know about you Jenny but do you kind of I kind of look look to them for answers to tell me why do I do this though but why am I feeling like this where she was questioning me and I'm like but I'm not the counsellor I don't know that's why I'm here and then the last time I went I remember I didn't cry and I walked out and I had a little bit of a skip in my step and I was like I didn't cry that time and I felt so good and I think you know as mums and you know the whole ethos of mothers meeting is about sticking together and supporting one another yeah. i think when you meet another mum and you say how you feeling and you go yeah i'm fine when actually do you know what you feel you're not, utter yeah. shit yeah. Yeah. and you're just making that you're not making that mum feel better you're making you're putting a guard up and you're um, putting raising the bar for that other mum to feel really good yeah. so that's why it's really important so if you're feeling really crap yeah, yeah. obviously not to be a real downer and yeah. make mm. everyone feel oh, depressed and but just it's about being honest with one another and yeah. going do you know what I had a really bad night last night how mm. was yours yeah. and then I think whoever you're speaking to will feel you know that they can be honest with yeah, you and so it's true. kind of like you said, the chicken and the egg. Everybody needs to be honest with one another, and I think the whole stigma of antidepressants and all of yeah, us being no. psycho, yeah, lunatics, psycho <laughs> mums. I was going to yeah. swear then. Yeah. Wouldn't oh, exist. I've been swearing all along. It's no, fine. You know. I was going to say psycho bitches, <laughs> but also, I think surrounding yourself with positive people. I mean, I don't know about. Well, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but what you've done for lots of mums is incredible because. But make sure that you find the right group. I mean, you can plod along to all these different groups going, I'm just going to a mommy's club today. and But you could be with the wrong people because they're all, oh, my son is brilliant or my daughter's this. Whereas your um, mother's meetings is an amazing um, group that, that share loads of stuff. And that's what I find from the get-go is it's okay to not feel normal and it's okay to feel bad today and it's okay to share it. 
and you don't I, have to put on this front yeah you exactly know, and I think everybody feels that they can feel like that because I'm because you're honest very about much it like that, so if you mums thing, are yeah. out there and you're yeah. in Manchester Derby Scotland yeah. whatever just remember as long as you start being honest with the yeah. mums around you they'll start being honest with you but and you also you celebrate feel better yeah Sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 because I, I, I don't want this to come across as, as if we're sitting here going, no. oh, poor me, and this is awful. It's not, and it's only, you know, it does get better, but it's just good to talk about it because the more you bottle it up, it's not going to go away. That's not going to go away, and you're going to get very sick. So make sure that you find people that you can talk to about it, and yeah, make but, sure you... But the wonderful thing, I think, about Jenny particularly and Mother's Meeting is that you also celebrate people's successes. It's It's yeah. not... You're not just saying, oh, poor me. You also say, oh, look, I made this book and I, I've done this and I've, I've created these two amazing kids and you celebrate my successes. You you blow my trumpet and, and I'm sure you do to a lot of your friends and a lot of the women that are around you. And that's equally as important. It's not mm. just about talking about how shit we yeah. feel yeah. occasionally. Occasionally, or, or, you know, yeah. But it's also about celebrating each other's successes and marking the achievements and saying, well, I feel better than I did last week or... You know, last night was a better night than the one before, and and I aim to do these things, and I and I do it with a positive mental attitude, and then giving each other a high five or a pat on the back when we do get to those places that we want to go to. I think that's equally as important. I think it's a really. Do you know what I, I think that it is actually so beautiful when women come together mm. and they do support one another. Yeah. I know there's so many things out there, but all these women coming together and it's like. You know, there's loads of it on Instagram, you know, all the quotes and yeah. about women supporting one another. But there is nothing that makes me feel more happy. Yeah. Like last week, I'd been in the office because we're planning all the events for 2016. And I was like, oh my God, I feel a bit sad. I don't know what's wrong with me this week. Like, yeah. I feel a bit flat and a bit uninspired. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, do you know what it is? I haven't actually be, I had a mother's meeting for oh, like two wow. weeks and I haven't seen the mums. <laughs> and got the energy and yeah. the vibe. Yeah. And then we did, we had our Christmas party last um, last week and I get this massive rush yeah. of like being around all these women because everyone else is having this massive rush of, and it is so important to be with mm. one another. Yeah. And, and I, I love, uh, you're, you're very good at um, instilling confidence in people again because that was the hardest thing for me. I lost all my confidence. Um, you kind of forget who who you are, mm. and it's really good being around people like that because they left you again and say no 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 it's just you're just gonna go through this for a short time and you're gonna be fine again because that's really hard that was really hard it's really hard and mother's meeting is not a mother's meeting whether it's a podcast a meeting anything without tears and <laughs> I literally I've stood up in front of 150 women and literally put my heart on my sleeve and said that you know. I've had to take clothes back to the shop because I haven't been able to afford them. And, you know, I've spoke from my heart so passionately. And I've, you know, been in tears in front of everyone. And to be able to do that in front of a massive group of women. And I want everybody to have access to be able to do that. So this is why we're launching this podcast. And it's the start of, you know, reaching out to you mums everywhere. And hopefully it'll become a global success and we'll all be there to be honest with one another and spread the honest word and to all the the people out there you know jenny started this i think because she felt that she didn't have any mates that you could have tea and coffee and talk about stuff with and i think you encourage other people to across the country and across the world if you're feeling a bit isolated 
talk to that mum that you see in the street and you yeah. know you think they're all cool and sorted but they're probably not and they're probably dying to go for a cup of yeah. tea and a chat with you you know I used to just go up to people and yeah. be like an absolute maniac you stalk a friend oh I always used to say to Jenny have you got any friends in West London yeah. because I'm all on my own out here you know and I, okay. and I say to the mums all the time you know hands up who's fat lonely since becoming a yeah. mum and I'm like they all put no one puts their hand up I'm like I know because only losers feel lonely don't they <laughs> and they're like yeah I'm like no actually we all feel lo- yeah, lonely you do, you do. and admitting that you're lonely admitting you're it's depressed fine. oh my god what are we like but we're all exactly the same yeah and that and that, it, like it was so funny I was in um, Alexander Palace one day with Max just um, taking him on the swings and this gorgeous mum was beside me with her little boy and we got to talking and she was the most amazing person. And I actually was like, I'm really sorry. And I never do that. It was like chatting up a man. I yes. said, please, can I be your friend? <laughs> so I ended up, we exchanged numbers and then we met up the following week. But it was like going on a first date. I was like, please let her like me. And she was like, I was saying the same thing to my husband going, oh, please don't let her not like me. It was just so cute. It's like that. Were we talking about uh, um, catastrophe? catastrophophy? What week. channel is it on? Channel 4? Channel 4. If oh, you haven't watched have it, watch you it. need to watch it. It's it is brilliant. so funny and so It's so real. honest and so real that's why I said that lady has Sharon Horgan has to have children because she knows yeah. it so well no, she's like, such, so she's brilliant she, yeah. yeah she's fantastic yeah okay so yeah. ladies back to depression if you were to give any mums out there that are feeling a little bit sad or not feeling you know feeling the joy of having a new baby like this, we're all supposed to yeah. what would your number one my number one Tip. is go get help. Do Advice. not suffer on your own. Do not think that there's something wrong with you. It's it's perfectly normal to not feel, oh, I'm the luckiest person in the world. I really want to meet that mother. <laughs> I really want to meet that mother. I'd love to meet her and shake her hand and go, do you have any idea how lucky you are? It's oh, okay. and rare. And rare, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's more likely to be in the minority. Well, she is in the minority yeah, course, more than, yeah. you know, mm. you yeah. think. But yeah, don't suffer on your own. Go get help and don't feel ashamed or that there's anything wrong with you. It's perfectly normal. It's just, it can be just simple as a chemical imbalance that's happened after you've had a baby and you will get through it and it's going to be fine. Yeah, Coralie? I'd say if you're not already following Mother's Meeting, definitely follow <laughs> Mother's Meeting. I just slipped through a 50 quid <laughs> under the table for that one. No, it does help. You know, it's it's great. Um it connects you to something and it connects you to other people and it connects you to yourself I think as well um, I think it's it's really important and um, don't compare don't compare yourself to anyone else don't compare yourself to how you were before you had your child because you're someone new and, and like they say on Instagram comparison is the thief of joy and also I think a massive thing is to remember that you know, when you become a mum, you can still listen to all that music and still wear those Nikes and still do all those things. Adidas. It is not the end of the world. Yeah. It is just the beginning. And you know what? Don't try and keep your foot in the old life because your right foot's in the new life. And, you know, you can't keep two feet in two different mm. lives. Jump into the new life and remember that that is going to be way more better yeah. way more better yeah. way more better way more better <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be way more better <laughs> and prefer it way more better don't set too many expectations of yourself you know yeah. just just to try not to feel guilty yes guilt is a big one yeah guilt is and a do you know one. can I also talk um, just 
talk briefly about the um so I decided when I had Max that I was going to be a stay at home mum for a year anyway and I put my career on hold as an actress <laughs> that's not for everyone so don't do that if you if you feel that um that mightn't be the right thing to do because a lot of my friends have said no I needed my work to be able to go back to my work because it kept me sane and I think I had you know I had this mad idea that I was going to be this perfect mother and I'm going to be at home with my child and while I love it there's still a part of me that misses Mm. my old life and my job and I think that can work both ways that I can maybe be a bit resentful towards him and I don't want that to happen either so there's a very fine line so make sure you think about things carefully um yeah about job job and being a mum it's it's a very tough I don't think there's anything juggle. wrong with wanting your own career and wanting your own no it's not at all no not at all life like we said happy mum happy, happy baby. Mom, baby. baby I think I would go absolutely insane if I was a full time mum yeah because <laughs> well you are a full time mum but a stay at home mum a mean. stay at home stay yeah. mum yeah yeah yeah, I'm <laughs> you know what I mean? like, if I had to be at home all the yeah. time, and I'd, you know, I beat myself up so much for not being that person. But at the end of the day, I need to be happy to make yes, my children exactly happy. Exactly with that. And you've got yeah. a daughter, also. You want to show her that you, that that it's possible to to have a career and to be a, a good mother. Yeah. Okay, so any more, any final words, ladies? That's Good. it. So get down the doctors, girls. Yeah. If you're not feeling 100%. Okay, yeah. And don't come off antidepressants, cold turkey. Michelle, <laughs> what, the right way. Um, what is your social media best way to find you? I am on Instagram um, at Doris Road, which is ridiculous. But anyway, um, I'm also on Twitter at Michelle Doherty with an E in Doherty. And Coralie? I am on. I'm very active on Twitter. I love a tweet. I'm (laughs) tropical underscore rose, or I'm roadcasting on Instagram. That's if you've got any children that are interested in modelling. Coralie is your lady, and obviously don't forget to follow at Mother's Meeting with the S at the end. And I hope you enjoyed that, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening, yeah. Um, Please tune in for the next one soon. Yeah. (laughs) 